Hey guys, welcome back to the 429 Podcast. I'm 4. I'm 2. And I'm 9. And today we are going over something that we actually started discussing in our initial TechCast Friday, the very first one. Uh, it's going to be continue the conversation from there regarding the antitrust of tech, uh, tech companies. So this was a big topic. Um, you had the United States uh, Congress and Senate kind of questioning these companies at their practices and, you know, whether or not they're too large. And, you know, there was a lot to unpack in our short TechCast episode. So, you know, we Super decided hot. to kind of uh, expand it here. We can go a little bit more in depth on some of the topics. So um, first things first, uh, Nine, why don't you go ahead and just give us an overview of the case? Sure, no problem. So, uh, just like I said back in the first tech house, I was hosting at that time. Uh, there was a big hearing back uh, during that week, and they basically, uh, Congress wanted to address the whole matter of uh, antitrust on one of the three biggest tech companies of all time: Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. And they wanted to see that if their business practices mounted to any anti-competitive monopolies, essentially. Uh, it was a huge investigation on the whole subject of antitrust. Basically, they interviewed not just uh, the companies themselves, but every single interaction their companies take part of. So sellers, uh, customers, clients, and stuff like that, and competitors even. And they wanted to basically gather evidence to basically get their response on their questions of if, if they're amounted to any anti-competitive monopolies. Cool. You know, I'm. this is a really big deal. Uh, you know, like I said, it's been all over the news everywhere. And, I mean, you know, all of these companies have their own pros, their own cons. Um, so, two, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think about what's going on? Yeah, no, this is definitely an interesting case to bring up because, you know, it's been said for, you know, a couple of years now, especially lately, you know, has tech become too big, right? So Congress itself, I don't feel, has the greatest understanding of tech based off the Facebook hearing we saw a few years ago and this last hearing we just saw, right? I don't think they have fully grasped, like, how these tech companies make money, right? Or how these tech companies even operate, Yep. right? But nonetheless, it does bring up the question, do these tech companies have an overwhelming influence on our day-to-day lives, right? Oh, yeah. That's what would define a monopoly at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So, you know, in my opinion, you know, certain in certain aspects, I think these tech companies do have a major play in our day to day lives. But to be fair, there's no better competitor out there for them. And in some cases, there are competitors, but they're just less known competitors because of the way the advertising money is spent on publicizing all these different companies. Right. Yeah. So. I guess for me, it really depends on which aspect of the of each of these tech companies we're talking about. And I guess we'll go a little bit more in depth with that as we progress yeah. through the episode. So, of course. Why don't, why don't we talk about this for a second, right? Um, first things first, this is actually kind of a big deal, right? So having all of those four tech companies at the table at the same time, right? This is a major precedent, right? Those guys have never been at a hearing like that together before. You know, this is you're talking about more money, more power that companies have. You know, in the same court hearing, in the same place, you know, ever. Right? I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen that much money on a screen before, right? What, what the network? Last time of all that happened, companies. honestly, last time that happened was honestly 2008, 2009 during yeah. the last recession when you had the whole finance industry in front of the board. 
You know, it's funny. With all that money and power, yet they still can't unmute themselves when they talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're not... They're prone to tech problems just as much as... That's why they are, got okay. tech support, okay? They can't figure it all of it out, okay? Zoom is kind of tricky from time to time. <laughs> so, anyway, why don't we go through this? Right? I think this is a really good starting point. Let's break down each of these companies, right? So, what do they do? And then, do they have any competitors that, you know, off the top of our head, we can kind of think of, right? I think this is kind of yeah. a good way to gauge, you know... Are they really the only one in that industry, right? You know, do they have as much as much of a of a monopoly as uh, the United States government thinks they might have? So, yeah. you know, let's start let's start with Amazon, right? So, you know, obviously Amazon is one of the, if not the biggest factor in shipping and selling products online um, in you know the entire United States. So, for me, I know I use them all the time to buy things. I'm getting you know at least a couple packages a month from them. And, you know, I'm a Prime member. I'm sure you guys are either Prime members or at least order a lot of stuff from them. You know, the convenience that they bring in, you know, almost every type of product is kind of like unheard of, right? So in terms of actually offering everything, offering it cheaply with great service and, you know, all, all pretty much everything they do, they don't really have any single competitor, I think, that's going to do everything that they do just as good or, you know, would even come close to offering the same service they have. Now, that being said, I do think that they have some competitors that a lot of people don't think of, right? So, for example, you've got companies like Walmart, right? Walmart has a big online shopping industry now. Uh, you've got companies like Best Buy. Best Buy is huge in selling electronics, and, you know, they've really been upping their online store. Um, you know, you've got Target. You've got all of these, like, smaller uh, companies that offer online shopping and a lot of them are getting better and better and better in terms of shipping and having a good user experience on their websites right so now just you know putting any one of them up against Amazon by itself you know obviously Amazon's going to destroy them but I would be willing to wager that you're looking at a pretty pretty fair amount of market share when you start looking at all these smaller companies that have more specific use cases um, and you put them up against that big you know giant Amazon what are you guys thoughts on that yeah, I have a similar point, actually, that you just brought up. You know, you have Amazon, which is the predominant market share in the United States, right? Yep. But then if you look internationally, right, like in India, for example, I think it's called Instacart. I don't remember what it is exa exactly, but it's owned by the Reliance Corporation, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like sort of their version of Amazon that they're buying everything off of there. In China, for example, you have Alibaba, right, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you guys have heard of because they do business within the United States as well. Yep. Or AliExpress. Exactly, but they don't do it as much as they do it within China and yep. the Asian and the Asian markets. Even in Africa, you have a company called Jumia, which targets the African market, right? And that's been said to be the Amazon of Africa, right? So these companies are out there. They're they're not as known, right? Which came to my earlier point of advertising dollars, depending on where that's going, depending on your mm -hmm. region, mm -hmm. right? But I would say that in Amazon's case, you know, they've just built they've built up their system to the point where it's almost fully automated at yep. this point. They've, they've enhanced shipping like no one has seen before. You know, at the end of the day, what's Amazon? Amazon's not just a, a retailer. Like they make, like they're fine selling whatever the hell they're selling. Right. But what they've perfected is supply chain management. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the biggest difference between Amazon and any of the other companies we just mentioned right now. Right. And that's the hardest Walmart. part too. Yeah. Exactly. So because they perfected supply chain management, 
that gives them the ultimate competitive edge, right? Mm-hmm. And then Amazon has its own little little sub subcategories of uh, pro, uh, industries that they're in. They're in tech with AWS. They're in the video streaming services with Prime Video. Yep. They're in the music service too with Amazon Music, right? So it's like they, they were in the phone business at one point with the Amazon phone, which was a flop, by the way. Oh, yeah. But like the point is Amazon perfected supply chain management, and that's their bread and butter at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? So can you say it's a monopoly? Sure, right? But at the same time, how do you compete against that? By building a better supply chain management system than Amazon. Yep. The only company that's come close to that has been Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. But Walmart, you know, it's lagging behind Amazon because Amazon's had the advantage of doing this since 1999, right? Mm-hmm. Walmart just started picking up this supply chain management space maybe, I think, 2015, if I remember correctly, that they really started uh, revamping up their online businesses and everything. So it's like, I think you, you won't see a decent competitor to Amazon for at least the next five to ten years. And that's mostly just because Amazon has such a big head start on the rest of the market that yes, of course they have the majority market share now, right? Because of the head start they had and because the vision Jeff Bezos had. So can you say it's a monopoly? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But I think when we get into like the little nuances and behaviors of Amazon, right. Then I guess you could really determine whether it's a monopoly or it's not a monopoly, but nine, what were uh, nine? What are your thoughts? Play devil's advocate too. There are two points, right? Uh, let me bring up Ford's point earlier that essentially Amazon does have competitors in the market. That's competitive. That's hundred percent true, right? You got Best Buy, you got Targets. These guys are not, you know, small fries, right? They they make a good majority of the market overall. But I think if to play devil's advocate, one thing you have to do realize is I even Ford mentioned this is that if you partner these guys up, yeah, they make a good chunk. But individually, none of these stand alone to Amazon, right? You got Best Buy, who's strong in the electronic markets, but anything outside of that, they flop. You got Target, who's pretty good in home and goods and maybe some food stuff, but anything else outside. I think pretty much the only one that can really stand, and we we both we all agree with this, is pretty much Walmart. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much Armstrong, their online services in the last few years, last 10 or 15 years, and they really are pretty much their only real true competitor, in my eyes, to Amazon. And even then, they kind of still fall short to Amazon's overall um, might. services. And yeah, might. And it's just, it's a, it is down. You, you, the way I, I think, uh, at least these congressmen view it, right? See, I, I view it kind of like a sport game, right? Each company is a team yep. in this overall mm-hmm. tournament, right? Sure, these companies have a good chance to fight uh, Amazon if they all partner up and pick their all-stars and they put into one team. But... If you put them together in separate teams and you do one-on-one, Amazon's going to be ahead in the standings by a large majority, oh, yeah. right? And at Walmart's maybe tagged second, but everyone else is just at the bottom of the leaderboard. And I think yeah. that's something to really, you know, really picture that pretty much you only have one real competitor. So, but, you know, to the point also, right, you have to, what you brought up, in a global scale, they're not as strong as people believe them to be right there there are competitors way that there's areas in the market of the world that they just have no reachability at all right china's a good one mm-hmm. uh pretty much uh you talked about india's another good one and, and even uh, Af- took a correction to my point earlier it's not instacart it's called flipkart in india flipkart. yeah yeah so like 
like as a, in a global scale, yeah, Amazon still has a lot catching up to do. But of course, also you want to we're the congressmen are only talking about at a USA level, right? Yeah. And at a USA level, I can totally see why they can say, yeah, Monopoly has uh, Amazon has a monopoly in this, and and at least in the online shopping industry. However, I also am strictly against saying that with 100% accuracy because at the end of the day, the reason they have such strong uh, stance on the market is because they have services mm-hmm. to back them up. There's a reason why there's customers flocking to it, why people are willing to pay 100 a year for just faster shipping. It's because it's not just 100 a year for faster shipping anymore. I'm getting Prime Video. I'm getting Amazon Books. I'm getting um, a whole number of services yeah. that I don't even barely utilize. And and not even to mention their whole online service with AWS, like one of the strongest in the market right now. They like, were the first in the market. They know? were the first yep. in the market too. Oh, yeah. So like they have services to back up. This is not just an empty claim that they just risen to the top because they were the first ones. They 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 really didn't they didn't really uh get stuck in the mud when it came to innovating. Like they truly did work to get to where they are right now. Now are they way ahead of the the second competitor? Yeah, and could they theoretically have a monopoly in their hands? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that's hard to say. But then again, I don't even know have the right. I don't know even know what the right answer is. What can I say? Should I say the government should step in? I don't even think that's the right answer either. That's I, that's it's hard to say. You know, and even if you do break up Amazon, how are you going to break it up? Because again, their bread and butter is the shipping industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, you can. Sure, you can break off Prime Video. Sure, you can break off AWS. And then. And if you break those up, right, then then they're going into another market, which you can even say that they have competitors that do have monopoly. Like only recently, I would say Netflix had a strong monopoly in the video streaming service and only has been really, really been shaking with the introduction of HBO's and Disney's Plus. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. So it's like so. monopolies don't stay monopolies forever, yeah. right? They're... At, at some point in time, someone will come along who's more innovative, more stronger, and they'll become the top dog at the end of the day. You just know, you could say, at, um, you know, that's look at the true. same industry. Just look at the same industry, right? Sears was the same one exactly. 50 years ago, right? It wasn't online. It was shopping. But 50, 60 years ago, everyone thought no one can touch Sears. They were untouchable. They were basically the titan at any second. Any person second was far below them. You know, you do want to keep this in mind, though, right? You know, thinking about how, like, Netflix finally got some competition, these weren't little companies swinging out these, these, uh, you know, branches of competition, right? Like, reasonably, I would say their biggest competitor now is Disney Plus, and, like, that's Disney, right? Disney is the one that had to enter the market for Netflix to have some really big competition, right? Yeah. HBO. The only reason HBO was even able to be a competitor at all is because people wanted to watch Game of Thrones, right? If Game of Thrones wasn't a thing, HBO's subscriptions would have been down way lower than they were, right? Also, HBO's been um, in that market technically for years, just yeah. not in the same ecosystem, but the whole premium subscription thing, mm-hmm. that's been their burner butter since like the 70s and 80s. Right, so these aren't even new companies or small companies, right? They're not startups that are entering the market and, you know, giving Netflix a run for their money. These are big companies or long-standing businesses that already have some type of market following, right? So, I mean, I think that goes to show you just how difficult it can be to dethrone some of these uh, kings of, of these industries. Yeah, especially you got to be careful how you dethrone them, right? If it's organic, like competition, that's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But then when you start having the might of the government shaking it down, 
you know, you might get some what I call power vacuums yep. that can be inorganic. You know, it's very careful. I'm not saying the government shouldn't look into it, but what I'm saying is that the government has to be really careful how they instruct their power onto mm -hmm. these what they consider monopolies. Yep. Yeah. Let's go on, let's move on to the next company, right? That yep. was at the hearing, right? Let's talk about Alphabet, also know also which is the parent company of Google. So let's start with you four. Four, what are your thoughts on Alphabet being possibly a monopoly, not a monopoly? What are your thoughts on that? You know, they have some really, really big players in the game um, kind of competing with them, right? So in terms of their advertising business, you know, you've got most of the people up there actually are directly competing with Google, at least in some sense, you know, in advertising revenue. So you've got Facebook, who is another big, uh, big advertiser. You've got Amazon, who is now kind of, you know, kind of growing in the advertising space. Uh, I don't necessarily think they were there, but Twitter is another big advertiser right now, right? So all of these big social companies are the same ones up there that are competing with each other, right, in that space. And I think that is probably Google's, like, largest space, you know, is going to be their advertising because, you know, that's like the one consistency across all of their platforms. YouTube, they run ads. Google search, they run ads, right? All of these things are ad-powered, ad-driven, data-driven, Um and I think all of them up there are competing in that space, right? So are they a monopoly? I think it's questionable just because of all the competition they do have, you know, but I think they still do kind of corner a lot of your market share. I want to say I was reading numbers that said they were about 70% of the advertising space um, as yeah. a whole, um, you know, and obviously the same companies that are up there capture pretty much the rest of it. So between all of them, they're capturing a lot, but on any given one of them, I mean, they do have competitors literally sitting next to them. So I think that's something that should be taken into account. Uh, and then, you know, when you think of Google's hardware business and their Google Cloud platform, they do have a lot of competition in that space. You've got AWS, you've got Microsoft Azure competing with GCP, right? Uh, you've got Apple directly competing with Google's hardware products and Chromebooks and, you know, um, operating systems for Android and, you know, other IoT devices and stuff, right? So... All of these companies up there are competing with Google across almost every industry Google is involved in. So, you know, do they have any small fry really, really dis kind of disrupting their, their hold on the market? No, they don't. Could they possibly be doing things to prevent newcomers from entering those markets? Sure, right? I think we definitely need to look more into that. Um, but to say that they have no competition, um, with, like I said, with all of them sitting right next to each other, I think is a little um, wrong to do. I think it's important to remember that um, a lot of companies try to expand like Google, right? In terms of reaching very different markets, right? Like Microsoft does it all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, a lot of them fail, right? Uh, when they try to reach into a new market that they have no prior knowledge. But I think Google is one of the few cases where, um, don't get me wrong, they fail a lot of times, but the, the many times that they also get into a, a service or uh, an ecosystem, right? They, they, they succeed hard. Right, like you have YouTube, who's like one of the biggest uh, video streaming services now, right? You got uh, what's it called, their advertisement service that wasn't even their primary stuff when they first started out. They got uh, what's it called, their Android OS, which is like one of the biggest. It is actually, I believe, it is bigger than iPhones iOS. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they're they're consistently um, diving into new, and and they still are. I mean, like you look at Stadia, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're one of the first to really offer uh, video game streaming as a as yeah. a real age premium service. You know, they're they're not afraid to go into a new market 
and dive into it and not afraid to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point that um, they, they have to make that essentially because they dive in so many markets and successful doesn't mean that they have a monopoly at all. You know, you got to remember a lot of times when they dive into a new market, it's already a market that's saturated or fully competitive mm-hmm. at that point. Right. I think only basically the advertisements and maybe web searching was maybe not that saturated back then when they started. But even then there was, a, I remember being thousands of uh, web searches during the, early, the late nineties that they were competing against at the time. So, yeah, but to be fair, Google also has had its fair share of failures, right? We're yeah. talking about Google you, lens, right? Google plus infamous, very you, big infamous. There's theory, a reason right? why there's the thing called the Google curse, right? Where Arlo, like, for example, you know, there, like some it, of these, some of these, uh, some of these ones. I was reading an article the other day, and I wrote a few of them down. But like, I don't even know if you guys remember a few of these, like Google Lively, right? Yeah. Which was mm-hmm. like Google's version of like The Sims, its virtual worlds, Google Answers. Uh, what's it called? What's another one I have on here that's an interesting one? Google Wave. Right? Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which was an iMessage. Right? Google Video, right? With the, which they shut down after they got their act. Ac- um, acquisition of youtube google, google music Nexus, now shutting google, 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 google music. music which is now shut down google Nexus yeah. q a streaming media player right they even had a google um this is an interesting one they had something called google x which was their home page that paid homage to the mac os system mm-hmm. and that that page was only up for a day before they completely killed it and then they rebranded x as their research and development pipeline yeah so it's like even one. Even Google has had right their fair share of failures and everything. And in my opinion, does Google have a monopoly? I, I don't think so at all. Do they dominate the video streaming service with YouTube? Yes. Absolutely. Right. But are there competitors? Absolutely. You can look at Vimeo. You can look at Daily Motion. You have their competitors out there. They're not as good, but you have competitors out there, right? Even Facebook Dude, is becoming a big competitor in the video space now. Facebook Video. Yes, I completely forgot about Facebook Video. There you go. Facebook Video. Right. And then you have other platforms where Google dominates. And again, Google's bread and butter, it's ads. But the ads business came from what? Their search engine. Mm -hmm. Google does search better than anyone on the planet. I don't care. You put them up against Microsoft. You put them up against Yahoo. You put them up against DuckDuckGo. They're killing it. Which is just name like three competitors right there. Yes. So the, the thing is like, look, I've used Yahoo search before, right? But I was a Yahoo search user before I switched to Google way back in like the early 2000s, right? Right, Yahoo Search was the best and go-to thing to go, but then Google came out with a new algorithm, the PageRank algorithm, and bam, all my results were so much more applicable. And Microsoft re-implemented it, right, using Bing. And in certain cases, right, Microsoft, I think for the general population, Bing has a better search output than Google does. But yep. me as a developer, personally, Google has more better output for me than uh, Bing does. So and I you guess... also got like DuckDuckGo, which is more for private, fo- privacy-focused consumers. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, what's it called? We have uh, now who uses DuckDuckGo when he's doing his cybersecurity work, right? So it's like, it it happens all the time. So there are competitors out there, and hell, we even have Ask.com search. I don't even know if you guys remember that one, but like well, we I even used have to use Ask.com that all the time search. when I was when I was uh, younger. Right. So it's like. I don't so Google out of all companies, I don't think they're in the competitive space. And to be honest, even in their other predominantly strong businesses, Android, for example, you have iOS, which is directly competing. Mm-hmm. Android actually has a bigger market share, which is interesting, right? Yeah. Then you have um, their social media business went to crap. Uh, so that was hilarious. Yep. But so they're not in the social media space anymore because, you know, for obvious reasons. But you have other businesses that they just 
are good in, but they're not the best. GCP, yeah. for example, GCP is actually the number two cloud service provider behind Amazon, right? So it's like, you see, they're not, I don't think they're a monopoly out of all of them. Do, they, do I think they're really big and have a lot of influence? Absolutely, right? But I don't see, when I think of monopoly, there's two things that come to my mind. I guess I should have predefined this before going into this whole spiel, right? Which is that you have a company that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have a company that's not acting in the best interest of its consumers and competitors around it. Google is acting in my best interest from what I've seen, right? Are they blocking out certain search results? Maybe, maybe not. Does it really affect me? As long as I get my answer to my development question, as long as I get my answer to whatever I need, I'm fine with it, right? So, you know, that's another big question because Google and other companies, a lot of your social companies have been involved in, you know, other court cases as well, especially regarding censorship. Um, you know, as you know, um, they have certain protections as kind of like places where people can upload things. And, you know, they're just kind of like centers for people to go and do things on. Right. They have certain protections under the law. And I have seen cases against them saying that, you know, they're kind of abusing those protections and not granting them to their own constituents. Right. So mm-hmm. even even though they might be acting in the best interest of the consumer in certain certain cases, I do also think there's a case to be made against them acting in the best interest of their consumers. You know, you gotta remember they're they're such a big uh, corporation, right? Yep. That there's gonna be cases where things like that fall through, right? Of course. It, it, you're basically saying to act like a an omnibus omnibus power to like know everyone's best interest, mm-hmm. which is very difficult because people's best interests can conflict with other people's best interests. Exactly. Right? Well, so when you have that cases, how do you act on whose best interest? Here's 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 a really big case right now on on the Google platforms and YouTube, right? This yeah. is copyright. Copyright claims are probably the biggest issue facing YouTube content creators today. And Google yes. allows almost anybody to copyright claim anything for any reason, and with very little reason to back it up, they will strike down creator videos. Yes. And if you're not a large creator, the odds of you getting those videos back up, even if it's a fake claim, or getting your revenue back is very low and Google refuses to help them. They refuse yeah. to mediate. You know, there yeah. are certain cases where, you know, the fact that yeah. they're so big and they know that they're, you know, probably not going to get touched by most of these creators, kind of, mm-hmm. they just do whatever they want and they don't have to care about it. You know, so, you're, you, I, I know about this a lot. Uh, if For people who don't know, the way YouTube's uh, copyright string, uh, system works is that if you are a owner of, uh, let's say, a work, like let's say a video or an episode or something, and it got stolen and it's being uploaded again by another user. And that's your own primary work being basically copied directly. You can copyright strike one of that user, which will add a strike to their account. If they get three, they're kicked out. No ifs, ands, or buts. But each strike does add a penalty to them. You know, lack of moder- uh, monetization, stuff like that. And you're right. Uh, there are a lot of YouTubers, and I've seen it firsthand, who have been unfortunately uh, damaged by this system where a lot of big corporations mostly have been basically targeting these small time creators um, and basically taking their hard work episodes and content and basically devoting them of their hard work earnings, you know? Mm-hmm. But you also got to remember the world of YouTube before that, which was before the system was implemented, where people would just upload episodes of shows and videos and movies. Yep. And these companies were basically losing revenue on top of that, because everyone could just watch the latest movie on YouTube because some some four year old, some ten year old kid uploaded it in the middle of Michigan and hided it and just showed it to all his friends, you know. So like, you're right. 
but there's a there's a reason to it. There's a balance. You know, I think there's really a really hard. good solution for this, and the solution would be you need to implement some type of punishment for people found to knowingly or even not knowingly be uh, copyright striking videos. You can go copyright strike whatever you want, and Google is either going to give you the revenue from that video or deny your strike. Right? I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's. Any I think there should be any, more. Any, yeah. I think there should be more um, manual reviews. Yep. I think a yes, lot of. Yeah, but cases, to be fair, but to be fair, you get so many. I know. I know. It's it, it is very difficult to do that. I even I know that like the amount of manual reviews will be done well, will be difficult. But I think for certain cases, especially for like big time YouTubers, I think that should be a requirement because a lot of often these these are hitting like decent amount following YouTubers and then nothing's getting done. There's a and balance. Google's working, There's a balance Google's working with those guys, right? So yeah. I don't know if you guys heard about the YouTube partnership program, but YouTube yeah. now has a partnership program where you can actually work directly with YouTube and figure out like these issues, like these copyright claims and they're working more with the creators on this realm, right? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, and, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know about that. I mean, I, I was just watching a video a couple days ago where a song that had 36 million views and was completely original, um, it got copyright claimed. And Google refused, and this is a pretty big creator, by the way. I'm pretty sure he was nearing a million subscribers, right? Pretty big creator, one of the probably top 1% of, of people on YouTube or whatever, right? And Google would not even put him in contact. Like, they told him, and this is, their, this is their stance on the matter, they will not mediate or assist with copyright disputes. You can, you can go ahead and you can appeal it, but once it's been appealed, if it's been denied, that's it. There's no second appeal. There's nothing else you can do. You have to get in contact with them directly, and Google will not interfere. So I don't necessarily think that's totally accurate. You know, you know, you know, Google does do a lot of things. I would say, well, not Google, but at least YouTube, right? You got to remember that you, a lot of the things that YouTube does is not directly Google's actions, right? Yes, they're under Google, right? And if you have Alphabet. Them, yeah, they're laugh for Alphabet, and they can interfere. But I think Apple has a strong sense. Alphabet has a strong sense of not interfering in their sub companies, right? They mm -hmm. kind of want their companies to do their own thing and um, basically act on themselves. They don't want to basically mitigate each of the companies themselves. They're kind of like, you do your own thing because you will know best in your own system, your own environment, right? Yeah, I think the issue we're really coming down to is like four mentioned yeah. before, you know, where it's not, sadly, we're not in the best ethical society, right? Yep. So yep. it's like, you're I think it's mostly, we're talking about issues of YouTube. We got to remember also at the end of the day. I yeah, think YouTube so needs to fix their stuff. It's not necessarily a direct correlation that of what alphabet is doing well here's know? here's something i do want to point out right the reason that youtube as a company can get away with a lot of those things and not deal with copyright claims and give away revenue from you know illegitimate copyright strikes um is because of the fact that they're so large now this doesn't come with the bearing of your typical you know train of thought when you think of oh they're a monopoly right oh they're too big they're this they're that right creators they can go other places, you're right, but one, they're not as popular, and I mean, the reason they can't go other places, um, and the reason they can't get anywhere with YouTube is because they are too big. They are so big, they know that these creators can't do anything to harm them, right? So the, the pure size of YouTube, and the fact that they have a majority of the market under their control when it comes to video streaming, right? It's, these are things that protect them and allow them to get away with uh, practices that would be considered, um, obviously, less than ideal and less than moral. So even though they might not be a monopoly, they're using their size and market control in order to kind of protect themselves from creators that might otherwise have a chance at fighting the, uh, these disputes. Mm -hmm. But I think we're getting a little off, tra off track here. So let's let's go on to the next company that was at the hearing, right? Apple, right? Nine, we'll start with you as the biggest Apple fanboy on the call. Yeah. Well, 
So Apple was Apple was uh, attacked Moology for you know a lot of similar things that you know Alphabet and uh, Amazon were attacked for, right? The biggest one was their App Store model, right? They were primarily attacked for essentially, uh, in large part, the way they basically cut. They get a cut of most uh, revenue coming in through their App Store, right? Uh, I believe the standard right now is thirty percent if it's like a subscription. So that means if any app or service has been offered in their store, they have to get 30% of it, right? Um, and, you know, they were, they were flanking Apple mostly in the fact that how un, how, how much favoritism play in, in, in that role of deciding that percentage, right? How in some bigger companies can leverage their power to essentially cut that contribution down to like 20 or 10%. And while smaller developers, you know, indie developers or uh, single developers who are just trying to start out and, you know, become ventures and stuff like that are stuck with this 30% and they have to take the full point of it, right? Now, I can see why a lot of people are like kind of, you know, uh, bagwagging on Apple. And, you know, it does seem like favoritism is a big play, but I think at the end of the day, they got people remember that this is business, yep. right? Like at the end of the day, this happens all the time behind uh, conference doors. That companies will negotiate deals for the best, uh, basically to see the, the same value as trade between each other, right? So while Apple may cut 20% for Amazon to in, insert their uh, Kindle app, right? Amazon yeah, but Amazon would... probably paid them like $100 billion yeah. to put that down. 100%. Like there, there are definitely deals going on. And if you're basically going to state the whole... Uh, the the most evil deed that Apple is doing right now is because oh they're giving favoritism to the big companies. You're gonna have to attack every single company in America. I'm sorry, but <laughs> like that just those things happen, and um, unfortunately it, it comes again down to if you have a large corporation to back you up, that's great. If you don't, well then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to level the playing field somehow. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know make yourself involved or basically build yourself up it's this is like basically the end of the day capitalism yep you're gonna have to work your way up and basically gain the power and i really one thing i really hated uh, i don't know if you guys were uh and know, know about this right but and as a direct result of uh this hearing one of the big things that was going to the apple circle was there was this one guy i'm not gonna name names but he was immediately after the hearing, he was promoting, he was spilling out the idea that uh, Apple, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys, you know, how Apple does refunds on their Apple store, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if the, he was spilling that if, if you are as a developer uh, was targeted by a refund by a customer, right? You would have to pay the full amount that the customer wants back, of course. But Apple keeps their 30%. Oh, so wow. he was saying I did not that, know this actually. He was he was saying that uh basically uh if let's say it was a dollar, Apple thirty cents, right? Apple keeps, but the re customer wanted uh, a refund. You still paid back the thirty one dollar, but Apple still keeps that thirty cents. And everyone was flagging Apple being like, Oh, app Google doesn't do this for their Play Store, how can Apple do this? It's not fair. How that's that's like that's like true, you know, that's horrible, you know. Well, then you, so then just go put your phone on then just go put your app on Android then, then don't put it on iPhone. Two days later he came out saying I was wrong in the matter. Oh it, it got picked up by so many articles, so many media uh, and they took it at face value as fact. 
and it was no one even did the research to find out that this was true. This wasn't true. Apple does refund their thirty percent. So uh, this is like uh, I, I think another case of like a lot of people attacking Apple, mm-hmm. right? And don't get me wrong, there are you know, you know, there's always some sneaky things going on with dealings, but like that happens in a lot of businesses, you know, you know, it, it's gonna happen all the time, and that's just the that's just one of the natures of capitalism. You know, or what are your thoughts? You know, let's let's. I want to change pace a little bit here. Um, you know, I know recently um, Microsoft had kind of announced that they were planning on coming out with their own kind of competitor for game streaming, just like Google Stadia, right? And yeah. one of the things that they were going to do was launch on iOS, right, on iPhone. Mm-hmm. Now, Nine, correct me if I'm wrong in two, but... Um, I don't believe that Apple is going to be allowing their app on the App Store, right? Isn't that what you guys heard yeah. as well? Yeah. As of this moment in time, that is what I've heard. Uh-huh. You know, so does Apple have a right, I think, to kind of not let people on their App Store? You know, obviously, it's their App Store. They can have their own kind of code of conduct and, you know, uh, vetting process. But um, to literally not let somebody in the market because it's it's, you know, because they're going to be competitors to you. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily fairly applying your um, code of conduct and vetting process. And, you know, I can see why the United States government might think that a practice like that, for example, could be something that is kind of stopping competition from entering certain markets, right? So is Apple better than a lot of people um, when it comes to fairness? I think that's probably true, and I think they're... You know, totally different topic, but I, I think they're the best um, out of every company up there in terms of user data privacy and uh, different issues like that. So I give them a lot of credit uh, where it's due, but I do think that it's practices like that that earned them a spot at you know at that table. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Um, I don't want to say that they're uh, instinctively bad for making that decision, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to remember the same reason they're doing this, the same reason why people give Apple praise over Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. It's not an open door policy. Yep. Uh, when it comes to their store, look at Google and how they have to now deal with the the malware, malware apps that they have. Thank you. I was going to look. For, I, I wanted to look for a better word than trash, but um, <laughs> um, but like look at it now. Like Google now has to play catch up in order to keep what I call the quality of their store. Uh, basically to Apple's level. Do keep in mind, right, just because they have high-quality applications doesn't mean... I mean, that's a very different story from them not allowing on an application that meets all the requirements that another app would meet and get right through the door. What I'm I'm saying is that you and I were not in that quality check, right? And while Microsoft does say, uh, hey, Apple didn't allow us to do this, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we still have to take their words at face value. I personally don't know the guys behind Microsoft, and I personally don't know the guys. You know, let me shed some light on this. Let me shed some light on this because after this hearing came out, there were more numerous articles. There were email leaks that came out from Apple and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One of the email leaks that actually came out was Steve Jobs. This was way back when, right? Yeah. Was Steve Jobs emailing Tim Cook himself, and I think Craig was on the email. Right, Craig, for, for, I can't say his last name, Craig F. Uh, <laughs> Craig, you know, Craig, Craig. Craig. We'll call him Craig. Uh, <laughs> they, they were on the email chain where Steve Jobs was on the email chain say, saying straight up, I don't want Amazon Kindle on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? 
Why? Because he said it competes directly with our iBooks product. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is he right? Absolutely oh, yeah. he's right. Kindle was the number one Kindle was the number one, I think still is the number one best selling ebook platform in the world. Yep. Right? So Apple's building a competitor to it. They don't want a competitor on their app store, which is fine. And to play devil's advocate here, to be a hundred percent honest, I don't even know why Apple was even at this hearing. Um just pure statistic numbers off the top of my head that I remember, right? iOS is not the majority, uh, uh, what's it called, phone operating system in the United States and in that of the world. Android contains almost 75%. I think it's like 60 the, now, 60, 40, I think now. Something like that. It really depends on the version, but it's, it's still not the majority market share in the world. Android holds majority market share in the world, 100%. right? That's yeah. straight up, right? Over 80% of computers in the world are running windows the other 10 percent, the other i think 12 percent are using right linux 12%. and the other eight percent are using i are using mac os mm -hmm. so right then and there right on the desktop application platform eight percent of the world is using mac os mac os right like these are all statistics i read from a research paper um i'll see if i can find the research papers so that we can link it in the description but if i can't um you guys can google it it'll come up but all these statistics right Apple TV, for example, they have their, they have so many competitors with mm -hmm. Roku and uh, other Fire Stick, Fire Stick, Sling TV services, Google, the Google Chromecast service, mm -hmm. right? What about YouTube, I think YouTube, YouTube TV, YouTube TV. So it's like, well, I'm talking about the physical hardware itself, right? Oh, well, um, I thought you were talking about like TV services in general. So I don't, I don't even know why Tim was even at this meeting. If you're complaining about the App Store, woohoo! Like, sorry, the app is not on your App Store sucks to be you you know we talked about this in the right to repair one in our right to repair episode if you don't like you being able to use their ecosystem and you want to access an app jailbreak your phone you bought the phone it's your device go and jailbreak it but just don't complain to apple or your manufacturer when your phone's busted right yeah you, like, also gotta, you also gotta remember right that the whole evidence was steve jobs right mm -hmm. this is like oh i think 2009 2010 Right Way back when, man. Yeah. Apple app, the App Store wasn't the momentum store or community hub it is today. Back then, mm -hmm. right at that point, that that was still pretty much Apple's just marketplace to sell their stuff. Yep. Right. And if third parties got on it, great. We want that. We want to offer the options to our customers. But back then, it was small enough where they can make choices like that. And you know, any other company would probably make the same choice if they were in their place. Yeah, sense. but you're telling me 40% of the world's phones that are running uh, the iOS app store, right? Yeah. You still don't have the majority market share. So I don't understand what all the fuss and complaining is about. Is Apple not applying their policies as directly? Maybe, right? Maybe it competes with something that they're doing. But at the end of the day, right, they're a business. They're not a public entity. They're not a government organization. They're a business. They're looking out for themselves. 100%. Right. right? Yeah. So I don't see any reason why Tim was even at this meeting because... Apple, I think, Apple, in my mind, is still the niche company that it always was meant to be. Apple is not, Apple was never meant to be, you know, the widespread product that everyone uses. That's what Microsoft is with Windows, right? What Apple mm -hmm. is, is a high-end premium market, right, for people. And iPhone is not essential. You can get a smartphone for $100, $200 on the street, right? It's not a big deal. And that $100, $200 smartphone, by the way, is running Android. So it's like... I mean, you can get it. You can even you can even get an iPhone now for four hundred. Exactly, but like, what I'm saying is that the the Apple ecosystem is supposed to be a premium ecosystem. It was never. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a luxury market. It's like 
if you think of handbags, for example, right? I don't know why this example came to my head, but if you think of handbags, for example, you have your regular Calvin Klein's and these other, like, Nordstrom or Macy's handbags, right? Yeah. But then you have the high-end Hermes, Louis Vuitton, $50,000, $60,000 handbags, right? So it's like Apple's meant to be the luxurious market. Apple's not meant to be right, well, the me, go-to every day. Let me, let me give you a little bit of a counter with that, right? I'm going to use your same exact analogy here, okay? Mm-hmm. So your your iPhone, let's say that's your your, your Louis Vuitton handbag, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what would happen if Louis Vuitton said, hey, you can buy a Louis Vuitton purse, right? But you can't put a Gucci wallet inside of it, right? Because that's almost how I feel when it when Apple tells me, oh, hey, you know, you can't download Microsoft's app, sorry. You need to, you know, tear a hole in our in, in your Louis Vuitton bag in order for you to actually use your, so I'm gonna counter your that Gucci point. wallet so I'm gonna counter inside. That point. The way I see it, right, is Louis Vuitton is saying, cool, you bought my bag, right? But if you put a Gucci wallet in there, you're voiding the warranty, right? So you're on your own with that device, with that bag. Same thing that Apple's doing. You have an iPhone, great. You want to stick by our policies, our warranty, our standards, then use the app store. You don't want to, jailbreak your phone, download whatever app you want. Also, you got to remember, like, Louis Vuitton would probably actually say that, <laughs> to be honest with you. So they would, they're, they're, they're talking about, like, luxury bands. If they saw, like, one, if they're one of their employees saw you mixing their stuff with Gucci, they probably would have a heart attack. That, that's right, like, but, but that's the point, right? But yeah, that's, that's the, the point. point. They're the point. maintaining their brand. Mm-hmm. They're maintaining their reputation. At the end of the day, Apple's made it very clear. You want to download apps that are not on the App Store? Go ahead, but we're not responsible for. I mean, that goes for any. That goes for any tech company. Like, if you probably don't even see it, but there's a lot of times where they say, uh, "Please use this product with our other remaining products, or use it okay. within our ecosystem." So now, how how would you feel about this, right? Let's let's think about this again. Now they say, "Hey, you can't put your Gucci wallet inside of my Louis Vuitton purse, but your Burberry wallet—that's perfectly fine. You can use that." Is that still well, fair? Or I mean, they probably there, did partnership problems here. They probably did a partnership to, to do that. Once again, this is company dealings in the background. That's exactly. Awesome. Again, like, look, if look, I'm telling you right now, if Microsoft goes to Apple tomorrow, says, "Look, yep. we'll give you 100 billion dollars to put the freaking Apple in the App Store," Apple's gonna say yes, no problem, right? It's it's all this business dealings. Look, it comes down. Stuff, it comes right? down. To, everything comes down to capitalism. What you just said is a company business dealing between two companies, and they're willing to. They can do that. And but just like you, as a in the capitalism market, you have the power to say, you know what? I don't like this deal. I'm not buying an iPhone anymore. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy a Pixel, and I'm gonna go with their ecosystem. And you know what? At the end of the day, their their revenue is gonna true. go down. No, but also say, think about this. There are, there are certain things that Apple does do. Now, for example, I believe iMessage is the most used uh, messaging platform pretty much for out reason. there. For actually, actually that's, I would actually counter that point. WhatsApp worldwide. Is yeah, WhatsApp most, worldwide. WhatsApp worldwide. I think it's the is, most used in the United States, maybe. But maybe. I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure that. I would have to get statistics to prove that. But yeah. Uh, but I mean, like but I said, worldwide, but worldwide it is WhatsApp. But that's for a reason, though. I mean, like people message. There's so many messaging systems, right? You, like there's there's Messenger, WhatsApp, Telegram, um, iMessage, uh, regular text. Uh, what's mm-hmm. it called? Yep. Signal. Yep. Like the, the competition is tele. Uh, yeah, the competition is there. No one has to use iMessage. I can easily download six or seven messages on my iPhone, and it's there. But people use iMessage because it's convenient. It's nice. It works well, and there's a reason for it. Once again, it's going back to capitalism. If I don't want to use iMessage, I don't have to use iMessage. Mm-hmm. I can easily use Telegram. Yep. No, I agree. 
All right, but let's go into the final company that was at this hearing, and then I want to discuss one more company that should have been at this hearing. But let's discuss about Facebook. Facebook oh. is an interesting one because Facebook is housed, you know, when you think of Facebook, right, you think of directly of just their website. But Facebook actually owns Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and Facebook Messenger, right? So actually, two out of, I think, the top five social media platforms in the world is, are owned by Facebook, right? So sure. let's, get, yeah. let's get thoughts around this one. How do you guys feel about Facebook? Is Facebook a monopoly in whatever they're doing, whether it's ads, whether it's virtual reality gaming, or whether it's, you know, the social media platforms of Instagram and stuff like that? So let's get some thoughts in. Who wants four. to go first? Four. Four? Yeah, let's yeah. start with you, four. Yeah, so I think Facebook is, you know, undoubtedly the largest social media platform out there. Um, they've got literally billions of users. They have multiple different platforms, right, because you've got Instagram, um, I think you've got WhatsApp, right, which you can even consider, I guess, a social you know, media platform to some degree because, you know, you can you can link businesses and stuff through there. You know, a lot of families use that for communication and they have like, you know, bios and profiles and different things. But anyway, fun fact, fun fact, when all, all three of us were on vacation, I actually had to use WhatsApp to actually get in contact with one of the places we were staying so I could get a refund. So it was really funny how you can actually interact with businesses through WhatsApp. I think that's yeah. an incredible feature now. But I anyway, agree. continue for. Yep. So anyway. <laughs> I do think that Mark Zuckerberg saw all of this coming in the future. And like I said, I kind of discussed this a little bit earlier on um, in the tech cast. Um, but I feel like he was doing things that were affecting the bottom line of Facebook, um, I think, in preparation for these events. And this is even going back to last year, right? So Facebook has been talking about kind of merging a lot of their platforms into one platform for a, at least a year, maybe two years now, right? And... I think one of the big reasons they might be considering that is because they know that they might get called out for being a monopoly eventually, right? They have an overwhelming impact on the social media market. You know, the only uh -huh. real competitor they have is Twitter. But, I mean, Twitter is not nearly as big as Facebook is. I mean, they're, they're completely different scales. I think if you think before, if you actually look back before the 2016 election, yep. Twitter, was on its, Twitter was on its verge of bankruptcy, believe it or yeah. not, right? It was really this whole 2016 election that really revamped Twitter and gave it its whole, like, second wind. Yeah, yep, no, you're, you're totally right. But even if you bring up other social media platforms, for example, Snapchat, right? You bring up TikTok, you bring up Vine, right, which Twitter bought out back in 2014, yep. right? Rip for Vine. All these, oh, <laughs> rip for Vine. But you bring up all these other social media platforms, right? You know, what Facebook does that I find interesting is... All these little features that make each of these social media platforms unique, like TikTok, for example, with its 15-second like dance video clips, whatever the hell they are, mm -hmm. right? Vine with its notoriously known six-second video length thing, <laughs> or even Snapchat, which changed the game by bringing in stories, which were awesome, right? Yep. What I noticed is that I don't know if I don't know if this was like a thing or not, but like they never really made any of that information sort of like proprietary or i would say like they never feature proof themselves against another company stealing their idea yep right because now you look at instagram right instagram incorporated stories which i would say arguably is bigger than snapchat stories now oh, right yeah yep instagram just i think a few days ago incorporated what's called reels which is basically tiktok right yep so and i've and i was on instagram the last couple of days and I, and most of the tiktok creators that we that we know of 
are actually posting the same exact thing on TikTok and their Instagram. I don't like TikTok creators. There's a couple of them, right? But like going through all that, and it's really interesting to see that, you know, has TikTok or have or has Snapchat not taken like copyright actions against these things? And I guess the question begs to come up with now is that, you know, is Facebook too big to be taken down by a small social media platform such as TikTok or Snapchat for stealing, I guess you would say, intellectual property that they first came up with? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I don't think, um, I mean, you're right, Snap, Instagram is pretty big, right? But I, don't, I think you're downplaying Snapchat's relevancy. I think Snapchat still is pretty strong in the social media aspect. And I, I see agree. a lot of people who still prefer it compared to Instagram. I think the problem is also a lot of people prefer see Instagram as like a, a marketing tool, right? To market mm. businesses, to market yourself as an influencer. While Snapchat is viewed more as like a social media hub, similar to influencers too, but there is less of a stigma to like businesses, which are, which are predominant in the Instagram ecosystem, right? Um, I think I think it's they're in the same competitive stuff. And while Instagram has the resources and infrastructure to really go in and uh, do the good fight, I think you're downplaying not just Snapchat, but even TikTok, which, mm-hmm. as we saw, has had like a tremendous boom that's only been pretty much halted due to the political tangleness it's found itself in recently. Yeah, and, and I even mean, then it's going stronger. And, and just to give you guys a little bit of insight. Um... TikTok was kind of like almost banned, I guess, by the U.S. government recently. So uh, I believe it's like sometime in the middle of September, like 45 days from um, yesterday, from well, August 6th, uh, August 6th, right? 45 <laughs> days from August 6th. Thanks for dating us. Uh, so they have 45 days to either, I believe, sell to a U.S. company or to, you know, for U.S. companies to stop doing business with them. And I mean, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate how large TikTok is. You know, they recently released a $1 billion creator fund in just the United States alone. So that's a billion dollars that's now going to be distributed to United States-based creators um, who are making, you know, kind of high and popular content on TikTok. Um, They have over a 1,000 employees in the United States alone, right? And this was going to be continually growing over the next couple of years. So, I mean, in just a short amount of time, we're talking in, you know, less than three years, I would say, maybe maybe at most three years since they really became relevant at all. Um, they've went from being super small to being, you know, a big contender where, I mean, I just saw a video the other day where I'm pretty sure had like 40 something million likes or shares or something like that. Right. So you're talking about a lot of people on that platform. Um, and you know, they do target location based things. So if you're in the United States, you're going to see mostly United States based content. Um, so, I mean, this is all location based also. So I mean, these views are all coming from, the generally the same location. Um, anyway, you know, back back to Facebook. I think they have a lot of competition, but I think there is one thing that you really need to think about when it comes to modern social media platforms. And this is something I'm kind of realizing more as we have these talks and discussions. Use case on social media plays a huge difference, right? So Facebook's motto, right, essentially is you know we connect people, we bring people together. You know, TikTok isn't about bringing people together. Twitter isn't about bringing people together. You know, I'd argue Twitter is more for receiving news, receiving updates, you know, kind of checking out more, I would say more professional things almost, or kind of what's going on. 
uh, TikTok is purely entertainment based, right? Like, there's really no like, oh my god, let me go see how my friend is doing and check on his TikTok, right? There's a life changing event that's going to happen if you load up TikTok, right? Dance, dance. And then let's think about the audience. I would say most people on like, you know, Snapchat, for example, use Snapchat to keep tabs and to communicate and to chat with their close friends. You know, I don't have hundreds of Snapchat followers, right? Maybe you might have hundreds or even thousands of Instagram followers or Facebook friends even, right? Which, you know, thousands of Facebook friends seems a little much, but maybe a couple hundred, right? Um, There are different use cases targeting different things, and I think this is what keeps all of them relevant. So I don't think Facebook actually has any major direct competitors in the market of connecting people. They have other social media competitors, you know, in terms of advertising and in terms of, you know, just giving people the uh, capability to follow and unfollow and have followers, right? But when it comes to that entire, like, platform reason of connecting people with each other, I don't think Facebook really has any direct competitors. So there's really a distinction that needs to be made between all these different companies um, that are in the social media space, and that's use case because, I mean, that is really what's going to drive competition in those areas and what's going to keep one company relevant over another. Yeah, no, definitely. You bring up a lot of you bring up a lot of solid points, but in the interest of time, I know we're running close to time here, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one more company that I think should have been at the antitrust hearing, but was not. And this goes to show you how much Congress really understands. I would say the technology aspect of this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 no, not TikTok. I'm wondering where was Microsoft during all these conversations, right? So if you look at Microsoft, I'm not saying Microsoft's a monopoly, but I mean, if you're inviting Apple, you've got to bring in Microsoft, right? Yeah. So it's like, from my understanding, right, especially because Microsoft is in the business of a lot of these, right? You have Microsoft, which is competing directly with Google, with Azure, Bing, for example. You have Microsoft that's competing directly with Apple with this whole Windows platform. And you even have Microsoft competing a little bit, well, soon to be competing possibly with Facebook with, uh, with the possible acquisition of TikTok, right? Yeah. Let's not forget so Mixer. Like, and, oh, and let's not forget Mixer. And let's not forget Mixer and a bunch no, of, and, of different services they probably have, like streaming services, like their cloud. Right. And, so, Azure. and I'm yep. just wondering, oh, yeah, and I'm just wondering, right? Why wasn't Microsoft at this thing? So I just want to bring Microsoft up to this point because Microsoft, like I stated earlier, you know, over 90% of computers throughout the world, 80 to 90% of computers throughout the world use Windows, right? Mm-hmm. I would say Windows has just been the go-to for many workplaces, right, mm-hmm. I would say. And then you go to the Azure uh, computing platform, right? It's yeah. the number three cloud provider out of the big out of the big three. Amazon being the first, Google being the second, Microsoft being the third. And Microsoft is the number two search engine, right? Right behind Google. Right? So and so let's talk I'm just about wondering this. Yeah, let's let's bring this up. I'm just curious to understand why Microsoft was not part of the discussion because no matter what legislation will be passed or if it will be passed, right, depending on the information yep. that Congress gathers from these companies offline, yep. it's going to affect Microsoft. And I'm upset that Microsoft doesn't have a seat at the table because what that's saying to me is that you're not valuing Microsoft as one of the top tech companies, which so, I beg to differ because I think they are one of the pioneers, if yep. not one of the leaders of the big tech. But what are your guys? So too, before we go, why don't you tell us if you had to guess, why do you think Microsoft wasn't at the table? You know what? I really don't know. That's a, that's a really interesting point because I'm thinking in terms of you look at market cap, Microsoft has a number three market cap, right? It goes Apple, Amazon, yep. then Microsoft, right? 
I truly do not see any reason that Microsoft wasn't at the table. The only thing I could really think of is that someone forgot to invite them, to be 100% honest. Let me... Okay, so here's here's my kind of, like, theory on why they might have not been invited. Um, I will tell you, I don't really hear a lot of bad news surrounding Microsoft, right? They don't get that much bad press. You know, almost every other company up there has gotten some degree of bad press for some unethical or immoral behavior, right? You don't really hear that come out of Microsoft all that much. They're, you know, pretty quiet. They I think they have a lot of, like, high-priority business clients, and they're kind of... You know, they try to avoid headlines, I think, more so than anybody else at the table does. Um, so I think one of the reasons they might not be up there is because, I mean, maybe they're not performing as many unethical or immoral behaviors as the rest of them are, right? You know, I don't really, I haven't heard a lot of Microsoft running people out of the market, right? Or snatching up low, 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 uh, you know, small competitors, you know, like these are just things that I, at least not in major news headlines, I haven't heard, you know, of Microsoft get, getting accused of these things. You know, I mean, you two can correct me if I'm wrong, but all of those other companies have made headlines for something or another uh, in the past couple of years. Microsoft is one of the few that I don't really recall them ever being under bad fire like the others. I guess you have a point. Um, I can't really think of one. And, and most of the ones I do think are pretty like, not even like bad news mm-hmm. like in terms of like snatching up companies you have TikTok, but i mean TikTok kind of needs it yep right you have like uh the controversy of like streaming services and competitive with uh, stadia but like it's not like you know competition is good yep so you have the failure of mixer but it's not like they they pushed out in fact they failed completely mm-hmm. and it was just an honest uh attempt to in the streaming service of gaming so, like, I, I guess you have a really solid point there. I mean, like, I honestly can't think, at least right now, of any, like, bad headliner tied to Microsoft in the last few years. I think they've been keeping pretty tight about uh, ethics and kind of morales and pretty much keeping a clean ship yeah. altogether. I guess I'm going to credit Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, with that because he has done a lot of great for Microsoft, especially when he took over back in 2015. Yep. You know, he's done a lot of great things with, you know, maintaining Microsoft image and revamping their image, especially mm-hmm. after their big failures with the Microsoft phone, for example, right? <laughs> but I'm just interested to wonder, like, I think Microsoft should have been at the table because although they haven't right, done anything in that realm, they have just as much power. And if not, I would say even more power than I would say Apple had, right? Well, yeah. are we in terms so, of are we so sure that the, the effects of Congress, I mean, we know it would echo, right? But mm-hmm. are we so sure that the any let's say any laws or legislation that result from this won't just target these four companies exclusively? Well, what I'm saying here is that like if they target these four companies exclusively, yeah. for example, if you have Amazon, they tell Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google to break apart their subsidiaries into own individual companies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You create a lot of small little marketplace companies. But what's that gonna contain? It's gonna let Microsoft become the big dog, right? Because mm-hmm. Microsoft handles all of it. Well, like right. I said earlier, like I'm not sure if that's the best move because, like, again, you create a, pa- a power vacuum that someone yeah. has to fill up. So exactly. Like, so, like, so, like I said, it's not, it's not an ideal thing to do, maybe. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see why Microsoft wasn't there, but I, I think I think Ford makes a really solid point. I think. But I think I think there. after understanding Ford's point, I see why they were not invited because of just you know you know lately in the news they haven't done much. But at the same issues time, might not have been the hearing for them, right? I, I feel like a lot of like you know bad negative things were brought up at this hearing. It was a lot of these companies defending the things they've done, right? 
I think if it comes down to it and laws are going to be passed, action will be taken, you know, Microsoft might try to kind of step in a little bit, even if they're not asked for it, just because you're right, some of the stuff that's going to happen there will affect them, no doubt. Um, but I don't necessarily, like I said, I just don't know that that was the table for them to be at with, you know, all of the other bad press that was getting brought up. 100%, yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe they just forgot the number. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe he I just know. forgot. But if someone finds something in Dell's number, please let me know because he's he's an awesome dude. I would I'll love to have Congress. him. I would love to I would love to sit down with him for fifteen I'll minutes. I'll pass it to Congress. Coffee. I'll pass it to Congress. I promise. I won't I won't write it down. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're running out of time. I think we're overtime, Ashley. So yep. let's get some final opinions in here. So let's start with you four. Four. What are your thoughts of maybe if you want to focus on one particular company um, or not company? Right. What are your thoughts? Do you think these companies are acting? you know, as like big tech, antitrust, you know, monopoly type companies? Or do you think, or do you think it's fine the way everything is right now and that, you know, the market will just set itself up? You know, I think that there is definitely some change that could be made beneficially to kind of, you know, make things fair for everybody. Um, Now, like I said, that being said, I don't necessarily know if they're acting like giant monopolies, Right, I think there's a big difference in a line that needs to be drawn between a company acting immorally or not ethically and a company being an absolute monopoly that has so much power that nobody can stop them, right? These are two different things. Um, now, I do think the government should step in and maybe even even if they're not going to, you know, break up the company, you know, kind of force them into like, okay, listen, stop acting like totally like not ethically, right? You know, for example, selling user data to you know, whoever, right? That's obviously a bad thing, and that has privacy concerns. And the government should, you know, protect the privacy of consumers, even if it's against the best interest of some companies in certain cases, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's, it's, it's going to take a long, I think, kind of like court process to really, you know, have all these things come out. And, you know, I don't like to just kind of, you know, give my opinion as the end-all, be-all solution because, you know, I don't know the laws. I don't know exactly what they did. I don't know exactly how they. Um, inflate with the laws, and at the end of the day, I think you know you just got to leave it to our court system to determine whether or not they actually were out of their bounds in any way. So, I, like I said, I think that there that, are some changes that could be made that would be beneficial, but uh, it's like I said, it's just it's tough. It's really hard. That's fair. Nine. What about you? I think um, I think this case needed to happen, but I don't think the actions that at least from what I heard, the verdict that Congress gave is necessarily the right one. You know, breaking them up and stuff like that, because we, we mentioned before, it creates a, an uh, an unnatural pack of va- uh, power vacuum in the market. Um, but I do think it was important to hear this issue and mm-hmm. the growing amount of issues resolving these companies, because, mm-hmm. like for we're not like for we're saying, like there have been headlines involving these companies, and you know they have to be. I don't think they should be blanket as a blanket attack like it was on the hearing, but I think. It should be raised, at least in for the hearing alone, it could be raised as a awareness to the American people, like what's going on and uh, why these companies being flagged. Although I would like to t- have seen it done better. I don't really think they gave them a chance to really give an honest answer to a lot of the yeah. concerns they have. And, and I thought it could have been done way better. But, I mean, we have, unfortunately weird circumstances given the COVID thing. So I can see why it was done this way. But I think it was a very, at the end of the day, I think it was a, a huge learning opportunity for anyone who really did learn, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to listen to a lot of powerful stories from, unfortunately, individuals who were really affected by these companies. And although it's not 
clear or not if they did it on purpose or just an inevitable, you know, fall through through the how big these corporations have have act and how much services they connect to. You know, there's going to be people that fall through the crack, unfortunately. I think it was important to hear these people's stories and remember that how much their companies affect small businesses and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, I would like to see maybe some, maybe an ethic community, maybe something along those lines. I don't think breaking them up is the best thing, but I do believe, you know, the more we investigate, the more we look into this case by case and really deep down, I think we can, once we understand the true problems and causes of this, I think it can be better for overall for everyone. You know, I I really quick just want to piggyback on what you said. I totally agree with some of the things you said, especially, um, you know, I, I kind of want to adjust one of the things I said. I think that this is a conversation that needed to be had. That's yeah. I think the biggest thing that 100%. I took out of what you just said. I, th- I, I, I think it was pretty much a lot of people view it as an attack. I think it, sh- it, it and it could be viewed as an attack. I guess in some cases, they for me at least seemed like they really were attacking the CEOs for a lot of these issues. Yep. But for me, I wasn't viewing it as an attack. I think especially with the hearing stories I heard about that one Amazon seller who pretty much unfortunately from Amazon and basically lost all her revenue as a seller. I think these are powerful stories yep. that, that I mean, they, they, they flag Bezos for not, you know, being aware of this, but you, how, how many sellers are on Amazon? He can't yeah. know all of them, no, it's you know, true. but I think people should have heard that. I think yeah. if, if you should take anything of this, it's the effects that these companies have on small businesses. Yep. And how we can adjust to it. And then that ethics committee idea you had, I think, has a lot of potential. You know, I think it has a lot of like potential. a regulatory committee that can levy yeah. fines on you know companies 100%. that do certain things. It has to but... be done very carefully though, because yep. I've seen ethics committees done and be unfortunately co- corrupted over time, yep. and basically used as an other, basically another power move for to basically leverage even more corruption. And then all of a sudden you but... have those same tech companies that they're regulating, owning exactly. the people who are on the board of ethics regulation for them right and then you but just back day, to square I, one but yeah but like a, it's a conversation we just need yep. to have i think that's important anyway to go ahead give us your final remarks and we'll close out here yeah so i'm in the same boat with you guys right i agree that this was a conversation that needed to be had but on the counterpoint to nine's point i don't think an ethics committee should be in place because of just the reasons we just stated right because of the corruption that can happen right and I think maybe initially it might work out for the betterment of the consumers, right? Mm-hmm. But I think down the line, you know, other corruptions and things will happen as we've seen over time, right? But True, but like I said, I don't think the reason of just because it might happen is a big enough reason to not even take up. And even no, if it's that, not like a no, committee that... like that, right? We have tons of regulatory bodies. Like, you know, you have like the SEC that regulates the entire financial market. And I mean, that's goes on, that's gone off without a hitch for a long time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, I mean, we can say the argument that it might happen, it could happen, but that's again, once again, we gotta have the reason why we have to have conversation in the first place. Yeah, but again, in my in my ultimate thoughts, I mean, you guys know, like tech advances itself every year, every two years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a drastic shift every time, right? Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, the way I really see it is that today it's these companies that are the top companies tomorrow it's going to be another group of five it's going to be another group of five companies i think if you just let the market play itself out i think if you let these companies do what they got to do and let themselves run them and let them run themselves Mm -hmm. versus having the government get involved i think you what you'll actually see is that you'll see capitalism in effect right you'll see you know like how sears went down and amazon came up you'll see amazon go down and another amazon type company come up right 
you'll see you'll see this happen over and over again. And we've seen it happen firsthand. And I could give you the most, the most recent example with Yahoo, right? Yeah. Yahoo, Yahoo was the biggest giant in the 90s and 2000s, right? Buying this company, buying that company, going nuts. It's what you would consider what Google is now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like most, like most companies, you know, there's lessons to be learned. You know, Yahoo got too ahead of itself. And what happened was they missed the acquisition of Google twice, not even once, yeah. twice. Right. And so they lost out no. on that market. Sh they lost out on that market share there. Then slowly you had, you know, other email services come up. You had other services that competed directly with Yahoo, news services and everything. Nope. And eventually Yahoo is what it is now. And Yahoo eventually got sold to uh, Verizon for pennies on the dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like I see I see capitalism take effect. I don't. Is it going to happen in our lifetime? Maybe, maybe not. I don't really, I don't really know. Right. But like. What I'm seeing is that I think the market will slowly take effect and it, everything will handle itself. I do just right? want to hear one more one more thing from you, right? So the mm -hmm. only thing I do want to point out is I don't think, you know, for, like Sears, for example, they didn't have nearly as big of an impact on day-to-day -day lives of Americans as I think any of the companies at that table, right? Amazon or even let's just take Amazon and Facebook or Amazon and Google. You have well, more day-to-day -day interactions with any of them than I, I think, I think we can. I think we can argue a case. I think we can argue a case about that. But I, yeah. I, once again, I think that's a case we can probably set up as a debate for later on. Because I can, yeah. I can actually think of many reasons how Sears did actually have an impact, just not in the ways you think as it does today. Sears, yeah, Sears at one point held about eighty-five percent of the retail market that like Amazon holds yeah. now, right? The reason Sears got out of hand was because Sears didn't focus on online. Sears thought internet was just going to be a niche thing, yep. and it focused more on their catalog business, right? Which eventually mm -hmm. we all know what happened there. We could do this as a debate topic. We could, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We could want to hear this. this. The history could, of Sears is very fascinating. Anyway, yeah, I, we can go. I want to say real quick. Mm -hmm. One, Congress should get more tech experts because I agree. I, yep. The lack of tech knowledge that these congressmen have shown us during the hearings is insane to me it was palatable i can yep. feel it, the lack of knowledge in terms of tech and two just get microsoft number i mean they have it somewhere i yep. think on their own website all right guys anyway right. corporate website. <laughs> uh, i think we're out of time here actually we're a little bit over time uh but well, yeah, i think this was a good conversation i hope you all enjoyed listening uh we'd love to hear your feedback as well so leave us a comment you know hit us up on social media um you know two do you have anything else you want to add no, just let us know if you guys want to hear more about this. We can go on about this for hours, right? But then again, keep in mind we're not experts. These are all just our stupid opinions at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's like take take what take everything you hear with a grain of salt. But I'm a excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the outcomes will be from this hearing. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yep. Anyway, guys, this has been the 429 podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We shall catch you guys next week. Later. Take care, guys. Don't start. Bye, guys. Please.